an everlasting covenant. We just read it, Genesis 17. Especially where we're taking this from. To be very honest, like uh, it won't, we won't be long. Hopefully, we can end this pretty quickly. But um, we want to make sure we get a, a good understanding of what <clears throat> this particular chapter is actually talking about. So here in chapter 17, as we already read, that God visits Abraham. God, um, some way, somehow, comes and his presence is made known to Abraham. To Abram, before his name is changed to Abraham. And when God comes down, God comes down and tells him exactly what he's going to do and what he wants Abraham to do. And for us, when we're saved, the same thing happens, right? We believe and we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because we know that he's the only one that can, that has died for our sins. The only one that was able to defeat death and to please God and become a sacrifice for those who will ultimately inherit heaven, right? And so once we accept Jesus Christ, we now take on his character and we put off what? Our old ways, right? And we start to walk in a way in which is pleasing unto God. With all that being said, Abraham, once again, is visited by God and God is telling him at 99 years old, listen, at 99, say 99, 99 years old that he's going to have a baby. God already promised him that he would have a son previously chapter, previous chapters ago, right? But at 99 years old, let's think about that. At 99 years old, you probably can't even get any abs, right? At all. No abs, right? You, your testosterone is probably so low that it, it will go undetected if they put it, you know, under a microscope, right? Um, Sarah's estrogen is probably gone. She's probably already gone through the stages of what is called menopause. Um, they're old. They're old, old. Right? I want us to really get an understanding of how old they are. They're 99 years old. That the saying where the literal saying when they say they got one foot in the grave and one foot on the on the ground is almost a literal reality to them, right? Like if you see somebody 99 years old, you're like, eh, maybe five more years. Best. Right? But God lets some of them live longer than that. But I'm saying in our in our minds, in our feeble minds, in our weak minds, we automatically go to uh, man. My grandmother died, I believe, at 99 or 100 years old. And before she died, I remember her always saying she's ready to go home, ready to go home. She just wanted to be gone from this world because she had already experienced so much. And all of her friends and her husband and, and siblings and family had already gone on before her and she was ready to go. But at 99 years old, God comes to Abram and tells him that he is going to have a child. Now, let's just go ahead and read. 
Verse 1 of chapter 17. And when Abram was 99 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and, and God talked with him. Saying the next following things that we'll see. The first thing that we can take from this is that we must honor and fear God. The first thing that happened when God showed up on the scene is Abram, verse 3, did what? Fell down on his face, right? Fell down on his face. I've seen times where people were getting ready to fight. And all of a sudden, they just get, they ball, they ball themselves up, right? And they get down because they don't want to what? They don't want to fight. Abraham stood something, understood something about God. He understood that God was holy, right? God is righteous. God should be feared. God should be honored. And so that's where we take our first point that we must honor and fear God. But what does that look like? What does it look like? Let's turn to Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 10. What does that look like? Because he's telling Abram in verse 2, he tells him, And I will make my covenant between um, thee, and will multiply thy seed, thy seed exceedingly. But in verse 1, he said, Walk before me and be thou perfect. But how should he do it? Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 6 through 10 is what we'll look at. And it says, in these words, which I command thee, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six. And these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand and they shall be as frontless between thy eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which I swore unto thy fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great goodly cities which thou buildest not. So God here is telling Abraham, be mature, grow up. You just, in the uh, in the previous chapter, you just... You just had baby mama drama, right? We talked about that last week. How Abram listened to Sarai and was like, all right, baby, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to marry her too. Like, he didn't want those problems, but he got those problems now and it's just caused a bunch of chaos. So first, honor and fear God. And we looked at what that looks like. He told him to, to take his word with him daily, right? And live by it. And talk about it and have it posted in your house. And therefore, this will help you honor and fear me. Right, let's move to verse 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, <clears throat> but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee 
and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Verse 8 And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Look, God is in the beginning. And the end. Say that. God is in the beginning and the end. As we read from verse 4 to 8, every time you see the statement, I will, saying that God will make this come to pass, right? I will do this. I will do that. I will. I will. I will. I will. Each time. And so, if Abram's going to die, right, before the fulfillment of the promise, then the one who's making the promise must have the power to fulfill what? The promise. You know, we joke a lot, right, about basketball, Grayson, and I tell you, I will, right? I will do this. I will do that. You know, I tell you all different things I'm going to do, right? I will. But regardless of what... <laughs> Grace, and there's going to come a time when I won't be able to, right? <laughs> My cousins and them, boy, they used to beat me when I was younger. And they kept beating me, kept beating me, kept beating me. And one day, I won. And their will was no longer imposed on me. Think about that. Year after year after year after year, and my cousin's getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, whereas I'm getting stronger and stronger, faster and faster, better and better. And now, all of a sudden, the roles reverse. But with God, there is no reversal of order. There's no reversal of roles. There's none of that. God's will will be imposed when he says, I will. So, he said he's going to bless him, right? And he's going he's gonna to make him a father of many nations. And his will is being imposed. But Abraham is going to die. And if Abraham is going to die, then God has to finish what he said that he would do in the beginning at the end. Right? And we've seen the story. We saw like how they went in and they were small. And then when they came out, they were this great nation. Right? But was Abraham there? Nope, he wasn't there. Was Isaac and Jacob there? No, they weren't there. But the person who was there or the, the one who was there was God himself, right? Delivering the Israelites out of Egypt. And so, secondly, God is in the beginning and the end. If God is not in the beginning of the matter, then he won't be there in the end of the matter. But if God is there in the beginning, then he is ultimately going to be there in the end. And he's the only one who can fulfill the true and ultimate promise that he made to Abraham. Let's move, move on to verse 9. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant. Oh, wait. No, moving to verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. I will bless her and she shall be a mother of many nations and people shall be of her. So, next thing we see, not only do we see that we must honor and fear God, that God is in the beginning and the end, 
But we see that God is the God of order. What is God? He's the God of order. Now, look, when we go back to verse. Verse five, he tells Abraham that his name will no longer be Abram. It will be Abraham. God did that, right? And so if we go to uh, Corinthians, you'll see the order in which God has, right? It says first, what? Man is the head of, of the wife, right? Christ is the head of man and God is the head of Christ. There's this order, right? And then when God names Abraham, what does he tell Abraham in verse 15? He shall name what? Sarah, his wife, right? So there's this order that is going on in which we must pay attention to because God is a God of order and God doesn't do anything out of order. If God told Abraham his name is Abraham, then he's going to allow for Abraham to be the leader of his house and he's going to call his wife's name Sarah, right? God is the God of order. Think about this every single day when y'all go out. If God is the God of order, pay attention to this. If God is the God of order, if he is the God of order, then what am I doing that is not in order with what God has said to do? Think about that. You get in trouble at home because you don't do what your parents tell you to do. And the Bible says, in order for you to have long life, you must do what? Obey, honor your parents. You get hit upside the head because you disobey your parents. Not literally speaking, I'm hitting you, you getting hit upside the head, but you get, there are consequences, right? Because if God is a God of order, then things must be in place. God, God is so much in order that if the earth were to tilt an inch or a couple of inches apart, it would either get too cold and it'll freeze the earth or it'll get too hot and it'll burn the earth. Think about that. God has that much order. We don't want to get up and come to church today, right? Think about it. We don't want to come to church. You know, from Brother Deuce, I probably didn't get enough sleep last night. Right. Trying my hardest to stay awake. But guess what? If God is the God of order, he made my body to get eight hours of sleep. Because if I don't get eight hours, what happens? Because he's the God of what? Order, right? You can go... You can go maybe 30, 40 days without eating food. But you can't go three days without drinking water. Because God is the God of order, right? My body needs to do certain things. I have to... If I eat food, I also have to do what? No, I mean, my body is going to break the food down, but it also has to digest, break it down, and it, right, get rid of it. Because God is a God of order. And if it's important in such a small thing, then the big things, God is going to also be a God of order. And so God does not move from who he is. He stays right in line with who he said he is, right? So... We see verse 15, 16, that God is the God of order. He tells Abram, 
He said, hey, you're going to name your wife Sarah. And Abraham, no doubt, came at Sarai and said, hey, you're no longer Sarai. You are Sarah, right? Because God said it. And I am no longer Abram. I am Abraham because God said it. We're going to do this in order. And we'll see as we go down because he's going to tell them they got circumcised, their household, all these different things because God is a God of order. Now, let's move to verses 17 and following. <laughs> then Abram fell upon his face and laughed. Let's go back to verse 16 because we got to see this. And I will bless her and I will give thee, give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of many nations King. And be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And Sarah, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Look at this. A hundred years old. You know, people like, man, back in the Bible days, you know, when it was a hundred. You know, that was probably, you know what I'm saying, like we when we like 30, 40. Look at this. Abraham bust out laughing hard. He had one of them hard laughs, right? Because he was like, I'm gonna have a baby at a hundred, which only proves the point that a hundred years old has always been old. A <laughs> hundred years old has always been Oh, but guess what? God has always been God. And you know what? We also probably would have laughed if God told us we were going to have a baby. Think about it. You see a hundred-year-old person rolling in here on a wheelchair, and you got to take a napkin and wipe their face with the napkin, right? And then you then you say, uh, do you need anything else? Like, yeah, just give me, give me a cup of water and help me get up out of here and get him sitting in this chair, right? And then you'd be like... And then you find out that he got four kids within the, within the first, his last four years of his living, right? You, a hundred years old has always been old, but God has always been God. And since God has always been God, he can do above what we think he can do. So what we can take from these next verses is that God is merciful. Because Abraham, when Abraham busts out laughing, God should have just struck his behind down, right? You ever bust out laughing at something? Your parents just be like, you ain't supposed to laugh at that. We used to laugh at a lot of stuff. We get that whooping. Before we can even stop laughing, you know, you've been a guy hit like five times. <laughs> right? Abraham could have been struck down by God, but God didn't do it because God is merciful. And guess what? He says, we're going to close this out. As you keep reading, you go down and say, oh, let, hey, let Ishmael live before you. And God said, nope. Let that live before me. I told you, you're 99 years old. You're going to have a baby at 100 years old. And what I said will come to pass. Ain't nothing changed because, lastly, God doesn't change. He's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. You are going to have a baby next year. You're not going to die. Sarah's not going to die. I'm going from the beginning to the end. I'm going to make it happen. And when it happens, when it happens, you'll see that I'm truly who I said I am. Because God doesn't change. He hasn't changed. He's been saying the same thing over and over, over and over. You're going to have a baby. You're going to have a son from your own loins, from your own bowels. But I'm 100 years old. 
Lord, I'm a hundred years old. No. If you ask Abraham, like, hey, let's race. I beat you to the finish line. You put all your money on on yourself, right? Because he's what? 99 going on 100. And I'm 99 to 100% sure you're going to be still standing there by the time I get across the finish line, right? But when it comes to God, God doesn't change. And he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. And at the finish line, from the beginning to the end, God is going to be there. So, number one, we must honor and fear God. Number two, God is in the beginning to the end. He gets it done. No matter what happened in circumstances, nothing gets in his way. Thirdly, God is a God of order. Fourth, God is merciful because he could have killed Abraham for laughing, but he didn't. He didn't. Think about that. He didn't. There's some days where we deserve death, but he was merciful. And lastly, God's going to keep his promise. He doesn't change. He's not like us. He's not subject to the elements and to the different things that could cause us to change what we said we would do because he is great. He's holy. He's mighty. And he deserves to be honored. Amen. Dear God, thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord, Father, to talk about your word, your will and your way. We thank you for the many examples that you give us in your word, dear Lord, that will be um, that we can use, dear Lord, Father, to continue to live for you. I pray that something has been said or done that may continue to challenge us to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.